Well, welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Revelation Communication. I'm very excited for this particular episode today as I'm going to be introducing in just a few moments a special guest. Uh, But before I get going, I wanted to share a a verse out of Colossians chapter 3 with you that I think at the end of this podcast and this conversation is going to be relevant to you and obviously to us as well as uh, as we get talking and discussing uh, today. Uh, Verse 23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You know, since the Garden of Eden, men and has been working um, since God put them in the garden. God put Adam in charge of dressing and keeping the garden. We see that in Genesis 2. Um, and ever since then, uh, man has been busy at work. You know, unfortunately, though, um, oftentimes what gets pushed aside in the day-to-day hustle and bustle of work is our relationship with the Lord. You know, instead of making Christ the focal point of our professions, um, he often takes a back seat during the nine-to-five work week, if you will, and only gets the time slots that we designate or dedicate to him in the morning or in the evenings, if we're even doing that. But the Bible continuously talks about how we ought to present or, excuse me, represent Christ in all things, including the work environment. And to help me articulate this a little better, I've invited a special guest to today's podcast. This man needs no introduction. You've heard me speak about him before. Some of you have probably met him. But Ralph Haynes is a retired fire captain with the San Diego Fire Department. Uh, He is a devoted husband, father, grandfather. Um, He has been a father figure to me since my dad has passed away in 2008, has mentored me and guided me and and prayed for me um, in a lot of situations and things in my life. And quite frankly, I don't think that I would be here doing what I'm doing today uh, without his guidance, without his support, and without his prayers. And so I'm extremely thankful for him. And so Ralph, what I want to do is I want to turn it over to you for just a few moments. I've got some questions I want to ask you later on, but I want to give you a few moments to Give us a little bio about yourself, maybe why you became a firefighter, your passion for the fire service, but more importantly, um, how you became um, involved in in what you do now that you're retired. So, Ralph, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you have a few moments. Solomon, thank you for that that, uh, that beautiful introduction. Um, I hope I don't mess up now after after you talked about me like that, but uh, I, uh, I... I guess I started uh, being a fireman, being, wanting to be a fireman when I was three years old. In fact, it was uh, uh, the day after Christmas in uh, 1957 that uh, our house caught fire and burned to the ground. I grew up in a little small town in Texas called Coombs, and our house burned to the ground. And uh, soon after that, after finding out what a fireman is or what they did and everything like that, my parents said that I began to say, I'm going to be a fireman. So from that young age and that traumatic incident, God put in my heart that he wanted me to become a fireman for him. And so I uh, became a firefighter for Christ. It took me a while, but um, uh, that's how I got started. And uh, that's all I've ever been. I've been a fireman for, I worked in the fire service for 37 years and 10 months and um it was just uh, a joy you know ups and downs good and bad with every job but uh 
that's pretty much how I got started, and uh, I served my career. I was in the Navy for four years, and then I uh, joined the fire service in San Diego and served 30 years with the city of San Diego Fire Rescue Department. So uh, that's a little bio of, of where I came from and where I am now. You know, and I know that those few moments don't even encapsulate the magnitude of what you've done, um, you know, as a firefighter in the fire service and for the city of San Diego. But I did want to ask, Ralph, just a few questions, you know, talking about um, doing things heartily under the Lord and and the fact that, you know, men have been working since the Garden of Eden. As a matter of fact, we know God put Adam to work um, and and his primary responsibility was to tend and to keep the garden. And, And so with that in mind, um, I wanted to ask, how were you able, because this is important, how were you able to reflect Jesus Christ in your position as a fire captain? And I know you didn't start as a fire captain, but when you got into that leadership position, how were you able to reflect Jesus Christ in your position as a captain? Well, as I said, uh, I was very blessed to know from an early age what I, what I really wanted to be. And most people In fact, the statistics say that 90% of the people don't really work in the career field that they would like to be working in. So I was very, very fortunate to become a a fireman, and uh, that was like a dream come true. Uh, You and I know, you and I both know that uh, Derek Jeter, the captain of the, uh, the Yankees, was able to live out his dream, but I was even more blessed than Derek because I uh, worked in a field that God had picked out for me, and mm-hmm. that it was of becoming a fireman. But the first six years of my career, uh, I, I, I wasn't a Christian. And uh, I, had no re- I, I did not reflect the Savior that I serve right now. And, and that was the old Ralph Haynes. Uh, I call him the Ralph Haynes BC. Right. In fact, Solomon, you, you've never even met that old guy. And, and uh, I'm glad you never had a chance to meet him. But... Uh, to give a direct answer to your question, as a fire captain and as a leader of men and women, I just tried to set a good example. I, I just tried to, you know, walk it like I talk it. You know, I, I was responsible for training firefighters for the vast majority of my career in the academy. And so I, I had shiny boots all the time. I wore my uniforms. You know, I tried to reflect the, the position, you know, of an officer, but people didn't know. I was just trying to honor Christ and mm. try to honor my Savior. And as you said in that verse, that's a good verse right there. Whatever we do, we're to do it heartily as unto the Lord. And so that's what I try to do. Right, right. You know, wh- why is it important in your job to live like Christ? What are the benefits, I guess, in not only being a firefighter, but I guess what are the benefits in general of living for Christ in your job? Solomon, we've been friends for a long time. In fact, we're brothers. And uh, you know me a lot better than most people. I'm, I'm pretty much a, a private kind of an individual, but, you know, I, I may not appear like that. But I believe that it's very important to, to, uh, to every position, every job, to live like Christ. But I believe that it's especially important in the position of firefighter mm. is the nature, the nature of the work. Uh, you know, you're coming into people's lives on their worst day. Sure. And in a lot of cases, it's the worst day of their lives. You know, mm. whether their house is, 
that's on fire or a car fire or a traffic accident or a medical aid emergency or a loved one uh, might be a sick child, person trapped, or even worse. I've, I've, I've seen worse. Sure. And I've, al- I've always tried to just to come into that situation and make it better before leaving. That's the way we always treated our, ourselves. Our, our customers and we treated ourselves the same way we come into that situation on the worst day of their lives and try to make it better you know kind of like jesus right whenever jesus would you know and i, I can preach you know i can preach on here but uh <laughs> I, it's kind of like jesus whenever he would come into a situation whether it would be somebody blind or somebody sick or peter's mother-in-law was you know she had a fever whatever he whatever situation he came into when he left it was better. Right. And so that's what I tried to do uh, in my career, going into, you know, walking into people's houses day after day, right. uh, night after night, shift after shift, you know, and just try to go in there and just to make it better. Right, right. You know, you and I even spoke about, I believe, yesterday, man, that, that Jesus departing this earth, it was good for, for us that he, that he did. It was good for us that he left, and, and he came into this world, obviously, as we know, to seek and to save uh, that which was lost. But but even more importantly, it was good that he left so that we can get that comforter, that, that Holy Spirit of God. And, you know, I've done a few ride-alongs with you uh, back in the day in your career, and, and I can definitely see um, where living like Christ um, going into people's homes dealing with apartment fires um, you know dealing with sick people how how important it is that, that we reflect Christ um, in those situations and and really live out what Jesus said to, to let our light so shine forth before men that they would see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. My next question is this how did your relationship with with Christ? help you through some of the most difficult calls and moments as a firefighter? That's a good one. My career in the fire service, as I said, was almost four, four decades, 37 years, 10 months. It's all I've, it's all I've ever done. It's all I've ever been. It's really all I've ever wanted to be. But needless to say, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen some bad things, man. And, you know, we've talked about them. You, know, sure. you helped me get through some of them by just talking about them and helping me out like that. You know, I call them things that you can't unsee. Mm. You see something and you try to forget about it, but, man, it's just, it's in there. You know, it's it's, it's in your computer, and sometimes it gets played back over and over again. It's, it's kind of like ringing a bell. You ring a bell, you can't unring the bell. Sure. You, 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 you just can't unring it. Sure. So uh, I won't uh, go into any of the calls unless you really want me to, but but uh, there are a, a few verses and real-life stories in the Bible that I just kind of held on to and, and used as promises, and uh, and and that's what that's really what, what got me through. You know, Jesus promises, his, promises uh, us as his family members that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Right. And so no matter where I went, no matter where I was, if I was in San Bernardino County on a large grass fire or whatever, or or in Northern California, you know, in the trees, fighting fires, saving lives, I knew that Jesus was with me. He he promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And uh, Jesus also said, uh, well, uh, let let me digress a little bit, go back into the Old Testament when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were... uh, were uh, in the burning fiery furnace. You know, uh, the king said, 
I thought we threw in three, but now I see four. And the fourth one appears like the son of God. Yes, sir. Well, that was, that was Jesus in the burning, fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes. And so I just took that personal as a promise and said, if I go into any fire, no matter if it's a house fire, if it's a, a, a forest fire, no matter what kind of fire, whatever it is in there. And I've been in some hot ones. I've been in fire so hot. I've talked to you about it, song. Right. That I said, if I get out of this one, I'm going to quit. I'm done. <laughs> this is it. I felt like my ears were going to fall off sometimes. Sure. so hot. Sure. And so knowing uh, that, that Jesus was in there with me, and he took me through all of those years and brought me out. And uh, uh, that's what I tried to do. But let me just give you one more right here, a verse that, that uh that just kind of took me through go ahead and that was uh isaiah 41 verse 10 and it says fear not you know this was Solomon. yes sir fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you yes i will help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand amen said the lord that's isaiah 41 and 10 well let me just give you one more right here go ahead uh, man <laughs> we call it two but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and mm. he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Psalm, I made this perfect. Yep. I made this personal. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire route, you shall not be burned, mm. nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Yes. And that's Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. And it was on these promises, these scriptures, that I stood on throughout my whole career. And um, I'm here as a witness to tell you that, uh, in fact, my middle name is Witness. I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. Amen. Amen. And, and that is so true. And uh, just great verses to represent. Um how you went forth each and every day, man. Um, not necessarily with confidence um, or, or or pride or even boldness, man, but um, on the promises of the Word of God. And, and that's definitely an encouragement, I think, for everybody um, to really just cleave to the promises of the Word of God. We know that, that heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will never pass away. And so we can bank on them promises. Um, if he didn't keep one, um, he wouldn't be God. Uh, it's out of his character not to be good and faithful to his word and to and to his uh, his children, man. So, amen to that. One more question, Ralph, for you: um, How important was it for you to hang your boots up um, at the end of the day? You know, you worked a seventy-two hour shift at the firehouse and focus on your marriage and your kids. Um, how did God help you in this way? That's another great question, right there my brother um there there's a you you remember the movie backdraft yes there, there's a line from the movie backdraft and it goes like this a funny thing about firemen they're always fired 24 hours a day that that line from that movie is uh is is one that it's you know, i don't know if most people caught that but as a fireman watching that movie it was the truth and it was spoken by the arsonist of the movie. Mm. But but I'm here to tell everybody that this is the truth. When you're a fireman, everybody knows you. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, everyone knows you 
are a fire. You know, you go in the grocery store, you know, that's, you know, everybody knows, it, you know, and uh, it's, it's your life. It's, it's, I, I like to say it like this. It's, it's not something that you do. It's who you are. Right. You know, it's like being a Christian. Being a Christian is not something that you do. You don't, you don't act like a Christian. You are a Christian. Right. You, 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 you're, it's, it's, it's something that you are. That's, I guess that's why they call it the B attitude. It's, you, it's what you be. Right, right, right. What's right. uh, a Marine? Always a Marine, brother. I know. But, but anyway, that's the way it is when you when you're a fireman. And so, I've been retired almost 11 years now, and people still call on me to help them. Mm. Back not long ago, my neighbors had a had a water leak in their house, and instead uh, of calling 911. They, they called my cell phone, you know, and I, I jumped up, ran across the street, you know, helping shut the water off, you know, outside and stuff, the sprinkler right. was going off, you know. And I've had all kind of incidents like that, being in my neighborhood, you know, people just, you know, you you won 24 hours a day. And, and even though I'm, re- I'm retired now, people still refer to me as a fireman. They don't refer to me as a retired fireman. They refer to me oh, as a fireman right there, even in my church, you know. But, uh I guess uh, where I'm going with this is that that uh, even after being retired, people still refer to me like that, and I'm still going on calls. So it's it's kind of hard to hang them up. Right. You know, you know what I mean. But uh, I say I, I'll tell you that the main way that I think that God helped me in this was that He gave me a fireman's wife. Mm. He, he get, and you know that, sister. Right. Uh, just like it takes a certain person to be a fireman, it also takes a certain type of woman to be a fireman's wife uh so I'm, i can brag on Renice, you know all day you know i can't right. she, she's the greatest she's the greatest of all time man she's one of the greatest of all time man right. i don't want to call her the goat but but she is you know <laughs> but one of the things that, that that i always tried to do is i would call her twice a day because you know i worked at the busiest company in the city right we were number 20 in the nation at the time engine 17 the hub mm-hmm. and you rode with me over there yep. we, were, we were busy all the time but i would always try to make time in my day somehow to call her twice and it was usually about 8 or 8 30 at night and then that's about halfway through the shift and um and then the next morning when i would get off shift whether i'd be driving home to to her or driving to another station or driving to the academy I would try to call her as soon as I left the station. And so uh, that morning when I would call her, I would tell her uh, everything. Well, that, that ain't the truth. I wouldn't tell her everything because something that would happen during the shift, I would not tell her. Sure. And, and I would not tell anybody. It was just, you know, horrible, horrible stuff. Sure. It's amazing what human beings to can do to one another, man, uh, especially in that area where I worked in. Right. But she would have, she would have just listened to me and allowed me to just vent and just get it all out, man. And and so, uh, you know, and everybody can't take that because you can tell people some stuff and it, it begins to affect them. Right. But uh, but my wife, being the special person that she is, she would always allow me just to tell her you know, whatever was in my heart and just get it all out so that I could just come home. And then once I got home, man, I'm home. Right. You know, I didn't talk about that stuff no more, man. We're, we're done with that, you know. And, and uh, so it was like uh, being at work was, and I hope I'm not 
taking up too much time right here for it for you. But Solomon, I didn't work on a movie set. It, I, I wasn't on the set of Backdraft. We could what they could call cut and turn the fire off and you know start over again and, and you know and film it. Right. I, you know, I, I didn't work on a movie set. I worked on, at the real deal, man. And and like I said before, seeing things that you can't unsee. And I usually uh, didn't share the close calls. Uh, with her, you know, where I almost bought the farm, and and I, that's happened a few times. I can talk about that maybe some of the podcast sometime. But uh, but uh, she has picked me up from the hospital before. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never spent a night in the hospital. Thank God for that. And I don't knock on wood because I don't believe in that. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and His uh, divine protection. But uh, Renice has come to the hospital and picked me up and bring me home. And uh, but. Uh, I'll just end by saying that uh, you really can't talk about Ralph without talking about Rainey's. Yeah. Because, you know, she's uh, a gift that God gave me uh, 37 years ago, coming up on 38. And um, man, oh man, that's one of the ways that I was able to uh, get through uh, my career and, and those tough shifts that I had at 17. Amen. Amen. Well, Ralph, I just want to thank you so much for, uh, you know, for your time this morning, man. I know even being retired, how busy you are, which is a bit of an oxymoron. But uh, I know that uh, you are still today just as busy about the Lord's business as you were throughout your entire 37 plus year career um, as a firefighter. Ralph, what I want to do is I want to actually invite you and ask you to just uh, pray and close this out uh, before we end. And um, and we'll cut it from there. Thanks, my brother. Father, thank you again for uh, uh, just allowing me and Solomon to have this conversation that others can listen and learn about, not about Ralph, not about Solomon, but, but, but about you and about your son, Jesus Christ, and what you've done for us, Lord. And I just pray that whoever would listen to this, Lord, whether it be today or tomorrow or in the future, that you would just allow these words that Solomon and I have spoken here, the verses that have been shared, the examples that have been given, the, the glory that we tried to pass on to you. We pray that people would receive that, Lord, and that they would just be touched by this, this uh, conversation right here, right now. Use it all for your glory. As Solomon always says, to God be the glory. Use this conversation for your glory. And I finally, I just want, want you to just bless this podcast and all of Solomon's podcast as he tries to do the work of the Lord. Bless the Revelation Church and the, uh, the citizens there, the kingdom citizens that, that serve there. Solomon's wife, his children, Leslie, Lord. And uh, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would just bless them and just keep them and provide for them. And just let your will be done in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Ralph, and thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Solomon Stewart with Revelation Communication.